Good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. Of course, uh, last week we had our monthly chat with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder. We are in the thick of the race for mayor in 2019. And so we also make a point of bringing in his opponent, the former mayor and former alderman here in Springfield, former fire chief as well, Frank Edwards, who spent the next hour with us with a lot to talk about. Always good to have you here. Welcome back. Hey, thanks, Jim. If you'll, to be here. If you'll indulge me for a second, I want to read a little bit from what is uh, billed as an open letter to the residents of Springfield, and it's from Karen Hacera, the former mayor of Springfield. I'm just going to read a part of this. Uh, she talks about her own service as mayor uh, and then says, quote, I know Jim Langfelder. Jim is a good man who sincerely desires to improve our community. He He's always there to volunteer with the community project. Clearly, he, along with the rest of his family, have developed their desire for public service the honest way from their parents. I saw this and I thought, is, is Karen Sarah about to endorse Jim Langfelder for mayor? But then she says, and again quoting, Unfortunately, by almost every measure, Springfield is falling behind. I, like many others, am very concerned. We've lost more jobs than any metro area in the state. The city's population is declining as people look for opportunities elsewhere. Income disparity is the worst in the nation. Springfield's been named the second most dangerous city in Illinois. Increased utility rates have burdened families and businesses alike, and they're making efforts to attract employers and jobs here nearly impossible. While Jim Langfelder means well, things simply are not working. And then she says she is supporting you as mayor of Springfield. Big endorsement you got. Yeah, very nice of her to do that. How do you—this is a, a really just big overarching question here. She she threw a lot in there of what she says is going wrong. And I think you and I have talked about that. Yeah, but but how, how, do, you, how do you make that all right? How do you, how do you change those things that, that she expressed concern about? Let, let's just start with the, uh, the jobs. And a, a listener actually knew you, you were coming in this afternoon and, and asked me to, to put the question to you like this. A lot of what we've seen in job losses here locally are coming in the retail sector. A lot of big retailers that have closed down because we're seeing population decline here locally and in surrounding areas. And those, those are folks who are not coming into Springfield to shop anymore. So the question is, what would you do to reverse that trend? Well, there's a couple of things, Jim. <clears throat> you have to separate out economic development as one part of it and what the mayor and the city can do in the other part. It can't be lumped in together. Um, there's a new economic development corporation in Springfield called Lincolnland Economic Development. Um, there's been a lot of investment in that, and those people need to do their job, but they can't do their job if the utility rates are high. If, if we're looked at as someplace where there's a lot of crime. So we, the city, the mayor, has to take care of those things. And <clears throat> let's take the utility. Um, I don't think it's in the best interest of the utility to be privatized. I think it's better off if we control our own destiny. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing you have to do is take it away where the politicians can't put their hands in it and take the money. We saw a presentation last week where the utility told us that the revenues were going down, that they weren't generating the kind of revenue that they were two or three years ago, that that revenue is going down. Well, you're familiar with the pilot. It's payment in lieu of taxes, which the city, and I don't know how many years ago that started, but they said if this was a private entity, um, they'd be paying taxes because they need to support the fire department, police department, all those other auxiliary things that have nothing whatsoever to do with the power plant. Well, this year I'm sitting through the budget process. Pilot's there. 
but now there's another line and it's called shared services and it takes about 1.2 i think out 1.189 out of the, the electric rate and then it reaches down and takes another 280,000 out of the water rate and somebody asked what that was about and they said well they need to pay for corporate writing them ordinances and we just can't keep coming up with excuses jim to take money away from the utility you know either we have a taxing problem we have a spending problem figure out which one it is and we go from there but if if we keep doing this to the utility company we're just going to run them into the ground well the last time uh we sat here and talked you said you were just starting to look at the city budget that had been proposed you were mm-hmm. going to take a good long look at it have you concluded whether in fact we have a taxing problem or a spending problem and and what would you change about that budget to fix it well there may be uh, both remember six months ago we were 2.5 million dollars in the hole and at that time, there was a presentation made that said, gee, we found some money in um, cable TV that owed us some money. And there was about three or four other things that they brought. So we're going to end up having a balanced budget. Well, if you start the year out out of balance, you have a spending problem because you and I can't go do that. Now, we've raised taxes, and I say we, we the city. Um, this administration has raised taxes to the tune of about $11.5 million. Now, some of that's a hotel motel to be used for tourism, okay? But then when you look at, okay, you took another 1.4 from the utility company that really nobody knew about to help balance a budget, and the treasurer gave a presentation where she said when she first took office, she was generating $90,000 in interest in four years that number's growing to 600,000 and it's the same amount of money and the question is how did you do that and she laid out how she did it and she's worked with banks she's shifted some product to other other institutions i mean she gave a pretty good presentation but when you look at that kind of generation so we were told there was a positive cash flow of 2.5 million Well, if you take the 1.4 plus taken from the utility and the 600,000 that the treasurer came up with, that leaves you $400,000 in positive cash flow and you raise taxes $11.5 million. Now, some of that's on, on what they put in 95 is individual spending like fire trucks and stuff like that, that, that we need to have. Uh, Well, We need to get on a certain program that every year we're doing something to, instead of just everything being a crisis, and all of a sudden we need the money. So there's there's twofold to that answer. We have to control spending, get it to a crawl, because our economy's not good right now. Our unemployment's jumped over 5% now, so jobs are leaving, and that's disposable income. So the people that are left here are going to have to pay more if we don't stop doing what we're doing. So it's a combination. Where would you cut? What What is the city spending on now that we shouldn't be spending on? Well, I think there's there's a lot of things, Jim, when you start down that line. Um, I, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I can come up, and I will do that the next time, bring a list with me of accidentally items that, that we could say, Jim, I think this is what we can do to balance both 
segments, just like we did when I was the mayor the last time. Yeah, it wasn't easy because 80, I get it, 94% of our people are a budget. I think it's the correct number, 90, 94%. I get that. But if we can't afford to pay what we're doing now, why are we hiring new people? We need to take care of the people that are here. We made them a promise, and I get that. But we went to a point uh, in 08, 09, and part of 2010 where we were asking our employees to take furlough days and take time off without pay because we couldn't pay them. We almost missed payroll twice. Well, we sure don't want to get in that same position again. Payroll's a lot smaller now, though, than it was back and, then. And that's exactly right. So if we're headed down that road, and I was listening to you earlier saying people are leaving, the economy's slowing down. So if that happens in the private sector, you may have to look at that some in the, in, in our sector, too. You have argued that the tax hikes that have been put in place over the last couple of years were the wrong way to go. I got, and correct me if I'm taking a wrong impression from this, but if you were, if you had been mayor at the time, you would not have called for those tax increases. You wouldn't have sought to to put them in place. Is that fair? well? There's two things to that. First of all, you raise one tax twice. Um, if you're if that's truly your position, that guys, we're going under the boat sinking. Don't do that to the public over and over and over. Businesses can't stabilize when you do that. They can't keep raising and raising and raising. So if you're truly going to do that, do it once, get it over with, and then come back to the public and say, now we're going to do our part, and this is the part we're going to do. But it just seems like the public out here just sees the tax increase, the tax increase, and the tax increase. And I think... Quite frankly, you have to lay out a plan and show them exactly what you did and ex- what you're telling me you need to do, I need to do. We've had four years for um, Jim Langfelder to do that, and he hasn't done that. Are, are you taking a no new taxes pledge for the next four years? Is that something that you have done or would do? I haven't done that because I don't think it's fair to the citizens. I don't think it's fair to the employees. And it's a two-way street when you do that. Um I'm, you know me, I'm not a big tax guy, but I think the citizens need to have a plan laid out. We're losing, we lost, I think the Census Bureau said we've lost 3,400 people. If we keep, keep raising the taxes on the people that are still here, we're going to lose more population, Jim. That's a, that's a fact. So you're probably going to have to come pull my teeth out before we start talking about that. But but right now, can you point to even one area of city spending that you would eliminate or dramatically reduce? At this? I'm not asking for a full budget plan right. from you, but is, is there an area that you know of that you don't think the city should be spending its money on? Well, let, let me bring up a couple things here. Um, if I were able to draw a circle on a, on a tablet, you would see, and, and to me, that's what the city flow chart looks like because you have so many overlapping agencies that are doing so many of the same things and if you happen to fall into one of those crossovers as a developer or something you're trying to get out what a mess so until we get a flow chart that everybody can read and know that the mayor's got his hand in this and we're headed in the right direction it's almost impossible to do that 
So duplication of services would be an area that you would. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and, you know, a little bit of that was taken when um, the mayor decided to, uh, Mayor Houston decided to consolidate the garage. Now, I haven't looked at those numbers. I haven't looked at the savings. You know, I see people vote for consolidation of, of government, and some of that I'm not a big fan of because you're providing services to people out there, and we all say money, 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 the taxpayer shouldn't pay, but sometimes there's people out there that are getting services that if you take it away from them, where are they going to go? Well, you're So jump- you have to do it, I think, structurally, you're, Jim. You're jumping ahead of me because that kind of taps into Capital Township and a couple other things there. I want to come back and talk about that a little, little bit later on. Before we take a break, one more question on, on this segment. Uh, a lot's been made about the fact that you're getting backing from uh, from organized labor here locally, mm-hmm. laborers local and, and others that are, are really supporting you and, and putting on a... I'm getting a, support across the board, Jim. Uh, but specifically about the labor support. And a, lot, and it's, a big deal been made about that recently. Uh, I want to ask specifically, what would you do that would make you a better mayor for labor in this community, for organized labor, for for working men and women in this community? What would you do that would make you better than Jim Langfelder in that regard? Well, I think there's a couple things. We just touched on getting your utility rates so so we can get development coming in to uh, to build things. They want their workers working. And the other thing is follow the law. Whatever the law is, follow it. All right, welcome back to the Jim Lee Show on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Frank Edwards is here, former mayor, alderman, fire chief, and now, once again, candidate for mayor of the city of Springfield. And uh, I'm not completely blindsiding him, but I did mention uh, off air during the commercial break I would ask him about this. Uh, someone uh, forwarded on to me uh, a shot of a campaign flyer they got in the mail from you. Very nice piece uh, talking about uh, your record, your history. Lovely picture of you and your wife on there and it also has the official city seal for the city of springfield on both the front and back of this mailer uh and as i read the city code that's technically not allowed you're only supposed to use that for official city business and with permission of the city and uh uh, it's not generally according to how i read the code not supposed to be used on political flyers uh has anybody brought this up to you and yeah uh, we got a uh and let's just stop i take full responsibility for that you know, you're the you're the candidate at the top of the ticket, and you know I've been held accountable for it. And we got a uh, a note from uh, Frank Lesko saying not to use it, and we immediately stopped. And uh, everything's being reprinted without that. Uh, and as it's a little bit confusing, but as I read the city code, there's even a potential fine of twenty five to five hundred dollars for violating one of those ordinances. Is there any talk about are they going to slap your wrist over this? Or you know, it's probably it's probably not the first time it's ever been done, and it, it won't be the last time it's ever been done. As as we get this stuff out there, but you know, I take full responsibility for it. So. They told us not to do it. We're not doing it. And and that stuff's been removed. We're continuing on now our conversation with Frank Edwards, former mayor, alderman, fire chief in Springfield, and now once again candidate for mayor in the election coming up in April of 2019. Uh, Frank Edwards, let's return, as we mentioned before the break, want to ask you about the proposal right now to raise the minimum wage here in the state of Illinois. As it stands right now, it would be an increase gradually up to $15 an hour by the year 2025. Mayor Jim Langfelder, along with some local business owners and uh, business groups around the state expressing concern about that. They say it's 
too much too fast and that it shouldn't be that high for downstate Illinois. If you want to raise it to 15 for Chicago, that's one thing, but it shouldn't be like that here. What are your thoughts on raising the minimum wage with, with the current proposal that's on the table right now? Um, I think there's got to be more discussion on the back end, Jim, as well as the front end. Um, if you're a small business owner, there's a couple things that you see that affects you, and, and I'll just lay it out there. I would think if you're in the restaurant business, you see a lot of turnover, and that really affects your unemployment um, in the state of Illinois. The lowest, I think, is point five five, and then the highest, I think, is point, and I, I'm lost here, but I think it's point seven. So what happens is if people make unemployment claims against you, you're taxed at that rate of 0.55. That money goes into a fund to help pay for the unemployment. And if that person goes out and gets another job um, and they're not at that job for more than two and a half, three months, they can come back to you and claim unemployment. Well, at the end of the year, what happens is the state documents how many unemployment claims you've had, and they take your payroll times that number, 0.11, 0 0.12, uh, or point, yeah, 0.12, and that's what you pay your unemployment uh, monthly on. So if your hourly rate goes up, that expenditure is going to go up too. And the other side of it, your insurance company will come in and they'll use a formula, and it's based on your salary, and it's based on the code of the job. But here again, what they do is they take the dollar dollar amount that's paid and they take it times the percentage. So not only is the worker getting the dollar amount, but the company's said, okay, you got to do this and this more on your part. So it, it can affect businesses, and I get that. But I also understand that if you live in Illinois and you're trying to rent a two-bedroom apartment. I wish I could remember where I got this from. If you live in Missouri, it costs, you have to generate at least $15 an hour in income to afford a two-bedroom apartment. If you live in Illinois, that number is like $22.47. So if you can't generate that kind of number with a partner, you're living at home or you're living on the street or you're... So I do see both sides of it. Um, I think that we need to sit down and figure it out, and I think compromise is the, the solution to the whole thing. As it's written right now, I think you're going to have a lot of problems. I think that you're going to see um, some businesses withhold where they could give a job. They won't, and we don't need that. We need, you know, we were just talking a couple minutes ago about people leaving Springfield, um, going elsewhere, taking those jobs. I think we've lost over 600 jobs. If you're a small business person in Springfield, Illinois, you want those jobs here so people are spending money. And it, we can't afford to have them walk out the door. It, it sounds like you're you're kind of where Mayor Langfelder is on this, that $15 an hour might be too much for Springfield, and maybe we ought to be looking at a lower rate for downstate compared to Chicago. Would that be well, fair? Well, yeah, and I think, you know, it's two different animals. And I think also you need to lay it out so the powers that be right in this understand what we understand the back-end cost that it costs the business. You know, it's one thing just to look out there and say it's 15 bucks. Well, it's really not 15 bucks now for the business. It's 15 bucks for the worker, but it's $15 plus for the company when they got to pay the extra. So 
Yeah, you're exactly right, and 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 Jim may very well be right on this, but I I yeah I I think you look at this, and there is a history out there. Let's not kid ourselves of places that have done this. So I haven't went to look to see what's happened, but Washington's done it. Um, Seattle did it. You know, what was the ramification that's happened to them? And let's call, let's let's approach this so it doesn't happen to us. Okay, a lot to get to, and, and time is uh, is moving along quickly. Let me jump into a couple other things here. Last time you were here, you talked about how if you were mayor, you'd bring in your your uh, police brass, your detectives and things, and tell them, you know, if you know who's out there causing the trouble, you know, go out and talk to them. Maybe bring them downtown, have a chat with them for a while. Well, since then, we've gotten some numbers. The ACLU of Illinois put out a report talking about traffic stop data, suggesting that, in fact, Springfield police are kind of going out and just sort of, you know, shaking the bushes a little bit, pulling over minority drivers uh, disproportionately, more than their percentage of the population. They're more likely to pull over a minority driver, more likely to ask to search a driver's vehicle, even though they're actually less likely to write a citation or find contraband in the vehicle. Uh, do those numbers concern you at all, and would you do anything to to address that issue if you were mayor? Well, I guess my question is, Jim, I, I have a lot of minority friends, and I don't like it when that happens. I don't think anybody likes it when it happens. But if you know somebody's a troublemaker and they're documented as a troublemaker, I sure don't have a problem telling them it's the law. Now, just to be going down the road and pulling somebody over, I think, is uh, ill-advised. And I wouldn't want anybody to do that, um, black or white or, or you know, Hispanic. That's just not right. I don't care how you spin it, how you say it. I don't care if you say it real fast. It just doesn't sound right when you say an ordinate amount of minorities are pulled over. That's just, you know, everybody's eyebrows ought to go up when that happened. Would you do, would you or could you do anything to change that? I think you could. I think that um, um, I was at the NAACP uh, banquet the other day, and, and Teresa Haley brought up about their 10-step program. And what they're doing with law enforcement and how they're introducing law enforcement to the community and stuff like that to kind of shed this off. And I think that's that's what you have to do. As the mayor, you can't do everything, but I think you should be out there bringing the community together and have an open door policy and say, you know what, let's get the community in here. Let's talk about this issue. And I don't see that as really happening. Uh, at the same time, we had a study that came out suggesting that Springfield is a very segregated community, even more so than a lot of cities in the uh, Deep South. And that plays out in a lot of areas. Economically, it plays out in terms of access to health care, even life expectancy overall. It's another just it's just this kind of huge, uh, you know, enormous question to throw at you. But as a mayor, what, if anything, could you do to address that? Uh, it, it, and is it something that you, you need to be addressing as mayor to make this a less segregated community? Yeah, I think I think absolutely you should. You know, you're, lo- you're looking at a guy, Jim, that worked uh, two years, and this is going to show my age. It's Martin Luther King now, but when I was there, it was 18th Street and Clay, and I spent two years there, and I saw the difference. And, and when that, you say you spent two years there, yeah, I was at number five. Oh, the fire station there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was the minority, and everybody treated me nice, with dignity, with respect. And um, there was a learning process for me 
going in there what I could say, what I couldn't say, because I really wasn't expecting that. But you know what? I came out the other side understanding a lot better than I, I do today than I would have if I hadn't been in that position. So I see that, and that's not something that we should be proud of. That's not something we should think there's nothing we can do about it because there is something we can do about it, and we ought to be doing it. And and part of that, Jim, you know, I, I was watching, you know, the, the question is, why aren't we doing anything about it, and where do we go? And I watch the black community struggle for jobs in the city. Well, quite frankly, I think we've set the bar too low. I think there's very, very, and I know some of them, they're very talented uh, minorities, and they should be in leadership positions in the city helping us solve this problem. Um, it doesn't always have to be all white staff. doesn't have to be all male staff. doesn't have to be all white male staff. I think you start bringing women to, to leadership positions, minority position uh, into leadership positions. So Let's you're saying them. we don't have enough diversity in, in the current leadership at City Hall right I now? I don't think we do. I mean, that's just me. And and understand, when I was at, at, at Martin Luther King in 18 riding five engine, my bosses were minority. And, and they were just as well talented as anybody else. And I felt just as safe, and I felt the leadership was just as good. And I see no reason why we're not pushing that up the chain as as opposed to just saying it's just jobs. Let me ask you a little bit about downtown Springfield, something else we talked about with the mayor last week, and he had a state of the downtown speech a couple of weeks before that, talking about a number of uh, changes that could be coming to downtown. Uh, one of those is about maybe traffic patterns. He wants to synchronize stoplights better downtown. Also talked about the possibility of adding bike lanes uh, on some of the downtown streets. Let me ask your thoughts on on that. We know the bike lane issue has been controversial at times in the past. Uh, do, do you favor more uh, of a move toward bike lanes and making Springfield more bike friendly um i don't have a problem with that that's what the majority of the people want to do but uh, let's figure this out before we start changing anything and start doing anything let's lay out the plan so everybody can see it because usually what happens is we just throw something out there just to see if it'll work so let's lay out a plan let's see where it goes and i'm sure other communities have done the same thing and talked about doing the same thing i know that when we first talked about a bike lane going down second street there was a huge hoopla about it um, I personally wouldn't have put that on 2nd Street because 2nd Street's pretty busy. Probably would have moved it over to 4th Street um, where there's less traffic. But I'm more concerned about taking the downtown and making it easier to develop and having free parking to get people down there. Um, and if having bicycles helps that, then, you know, I'm open to it. Let's talk free parking because that's another, it's a pilot program that's on there right now. And mm -hmm. the mayor said it could be expanded at least around the borders of downtown, but not in the heart of downtown. Would you go further than that for free well, parking? Well, remember you and I talked about it and I, I really thought about it. It, my, it popped in while you and I were talking. And I said, you know, the, the, the citizens of Springfield always have to foot the tab. And, and I would go so much to stay. You know what, if you're a resident, come downtown or use online services or do whatever, and we'll send you a free sticker, and you get free parking. And if you're not from around here and you're from outside, then 
you know, it may cost you to park. And and no pushback on that idea yet, or have you looked into what what that would cost in terms of? I, there, I don't know if there's a way to really know how how much it would uh, reduce parking revenues. Is exactly, there? that's one of those deals where you really have to have okay, let's get the numbers, let's figure this out, and we go from here. But you and I talking off the air is one of them deals where we tend to say we've always done it this way. Let's just keep doing it this way. And if we keep doing that, we're not going to be the vibrant city we want. We're not going to be, um, you know, we need new ideas. We need to become energetic. If we're going to bring, open our city up and say, we want people to come in here and bring jobs. And this ought to all be focused toward economic development, to bringing jobs because we need them. Then we've got a problem. All right, we are back. Only a couple of minutes left with mayoral candidate Frank Edwards. Uh, You talked earlier in the hour about uh, the notion of consolidating services. And now sometimes it doesn't always necessarily work out the way you want, that sometimes you want to be able to have uh, those services that are more directly responsive to constituents, for example, here in the city of Springfield. It's, in effect, the the same argument that Mayor Langfelder made about Capital Township. He said he wanted to keep it uh, under the, uh, the city of Springfield because the Capital Township residents are by and large, all Springfield residents. They're more comfortable talking to their alderman and their county board member. They, he just sees it as being more responsive. What are your thoughts on the future of Capital Township? Should it be molded into either the city or the county, and where, where should it go? You know, one time I, I used to think I was a consolidated guy, not anymore, because I see some of the stuff that happens when you do that. The, the taxpayers vote for it because they want, they're thinking it's going to cost them less than their taxes, and then you see it doesn't. And then the people that are getting the services get lost in the bunch. So I've kind of reevaluated where we go with some of this stuff. And I, I think there not, needs to be a lot more discussion besides putting it on the ballot. Everybody needs to tell the taxpayers exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, just like you're doing to me. You know, you have to lay out what you're going to do. We have it on the ballot. The first thing the voter thinks is we're going to save some money. We're going to save some tax money. And then you talk about, well, we're going to take this in and we're going to take this in and we keep doing these services. So then the taxpayer goes, well, maybe we're not going to lay any mo- save any money. So, you know, let us know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it because I listened to that and there wasn't a lot of how we're going to do this and what we're going to do. So um, I've only got about 15 seconds left, but... Absent that information, right now you're inclined to leave Capital Township as it is and not have it folded into either one of those? Right now. Okay. Until we get it figured out. Frank Edwards, pleasure to spend this hour with you. We'll talk again soon. And in the meantime, uh, you know, stay in touch as you're out on the campaign trail. We appreciate it. Thanks.